Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. I'm Kelly O'Mara, your host and the editor-in-chief of Triathlete Magazine. This week, we're talking to Jocelyn McCauley. Jocelyn turned pro after winning the amateur race at Kona back in 2014. Since then, she's won quite a few big races, been top 10 at Kona, but for a lot of people, she really only popped onto their radar at Ironman Texas last year, when she very nearly beat the unbeatable multi-time world champion Daniela Reef. Jocelyn and I talk about that race here, about how you have the confidence to believe you can beat anyone in the world. We also chat about her disastrous end of 2019, whether she had COVID at Ironman New Zealand back in March, and how her rim-to-rim-to-rim adventure across the Grand Canyon went. Spoiler, it was hard. And then we talk a lot about her faith and her family. Jocelyn is Mormon and doesn't race on Sundays, even when that means skipping the 70.3 World Championships. We talk about why she's made that choice and how she thinks it's benefited her. And we chat about stereotypes and trash talking. I hope you enjoy this as much as I always enjoy talking to Jocelyn. And I included a link in the show notes to the story we did about her back in 2015 as the mom, nurse, and Kona amateur champion. All that after this break. Even though most of us aren't racing right now, we're all still focused on our overall health and well-being. That's where MitoQ comes in. Like everything else in our body, our mitochondria become less efficient as we age. From the age of 30 on, levels of CoQ10 in the mitochondria can decline by 10% with each passing decade. This means our body's natural resilience also declines, which can impact our training, recovery, immunity, digestion, sleep, stress, hormones, and brain power. This is why a new supplement called MitoQ is becoming increasingly popular among athletes. It helps the body to better absorb intense training periods and recover faster. Some athletes have even noted improved VO2 max, heart rate variability, and lactate thresholds. When you combine those things with not needing as long to recover and being able to maintain more intense training cycles, you can see why it might result in performance gains. To learn more about MitoQ's unique formula, independent clinical trials, and athlete testimonials, visit www.mitoq.com. That's M-I-T-O-Q.com. All right, this week we're talking to Jocelyn McCauley, uh, many-time Ironman winner. I feel like you're best known for almost beating Daniela, right? Isn't that like <laughs> your claim to fame? It's my claim to fame. That's what I call my claim to fame. So, <laughs> so um, most importantly, though, you were just telling me you are actually in Arizona right now because you just did the Grand Canyon Rim to Rim to Rim, which everyone is doing this year because we all are like bored and don't have anything to do. Yes. And I hear it was, and you said I, it was had- miserable. <laughs> It was miserable. I just had two friends do it this last weekend and stuff. And yeah, it was just super stupid hot. So it was it was beautiful. It was fun in its own demented kind of Iron Man way. Like, but uh, I probably wouldn't do it again. <laughs> okay, see, you did it. You're done. It happened. But doesn't everyone say that on Iron Man too, right? Yeah, I think. But see, the next day, you're like, maybe. And it's the next day now, and it's not a maybe. So So what are you doing in this, you know, COVID times? I know you, like, went to one of the PTO races, the one at Bear Lake Brawl, but it was so cold. You were, like, hypothermic, and you didn't – I don't know if you didn't start or you didn't finish, but it it wasn't happening. Yeah, I basically didn't start. I got in – I was like, I'm not even going to start this. The water – was like colder than the air temperature and the air temperature was 55 like it was just 
miserable. And then the winds and it was raining. And I, I saw someone say they were 60 mile an hour winds. I don't know if they were really 60 mile an hour, but they were strong winds and it rained and hailed and it was just so stupid miserable i i like got in the water because people were like no just get in the water just try it and i just like i had like that whole like freezing cold water panic attack like like, this is just not smart it's not the smartest idea for a two thousand dollar win you know like there's there's things that you got to Especially from la- the end of my last year, I realized there are times where you just need to make the smarter decision oh, okay. for your long-term like health, your long-term goals and things like that. And a $2,000 win or a- the ability to race after you know six months of not racing was just not worth the maybe setback that like being hypo- uh, hypothermic would ha- like if I actually got like super hypothermic, like. That's what a lot of people did there. Um, people don't realize, like, everyone says, like, you know, when you have hyperthermia and you get way overheated and you have heat stroke and stuff, that it affects you for a while. And I don't think that people realize that the same with cold. Like, right. it can do the same thing to your body. And so I don't, I don't, I don't need to do that to myself, <laughs> like, for a little tiny race. And it was, it's very fun to have the PTO be able to do that. But, um, and I was so excited just to go out there and race and honestly just have fun because that's why we love racing. Right. right. Like, cause it's fun, but it just, yeah, it was not, not in the cards. It was, a, <laughs> I think it was just under 40% out dropout rate for the pros. <laughs> yeah. That's what somebody else told me. I mean, I know it was pretty miserable, but everybody was so excited to race that they were like, wanted to race anyway. Cause we all like haven't had races uh-huh. and, it is what it is. It sounds a little bit like you're trying to talk yourself into making smarter decisions, smarter choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so my husband, like I drove down. It was like a five-hour drive away from my house, which is another reason, like, why not go do it, right? And uh, before I left, my husband was like, will you please, just because of my last couple of races, and he's like, just looked, like stared at me in the eyes, and he was like, will you promise me that you will be smart? Um, so like promises in my family mean a lot. Like you do not make a promise unless you're hundred percent sure you can keep it. You know, we don't throw it around like, Oh, I promise that all, you know, whatever. It, it's a very serious thing for our family and stuff. And so, you know, I was like, yes, I, I promise I will be smart and I will be safe. And so, you know, I had that in my head as I'm like, Oh, should I do this? Should I not? Should I do it? You know, I'm like, no, it's, it's not smart. It really okay. was not smart. And I, I, like you said, like, I think there probably would have been a higher DNF rate or DNS rate if there were other races. I know everyone's desperate. All right. Let's talk a little bit. I mean, you mentioned here a few times, like your last few races, obviously, <laughs> uh, Kona didn't go. I mean, this is a weird year because Kona didn't go the way you wanted. Uh, like it was kind of a mess, right? We can talk about yeah. it. It was kind of a mess. And then you kind of, this year, there just hasn't been a chance to like redeem yourself really. Right. Like that's sort of, you're like stuck a little, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like briefly, like, yeah, Kona, um, after going to a sports uh, dock and stuff, like, after that race, well, after Kona and then trying to do Malaysia, um, what probably happened is I got a parasite in the Kona, like, in the, the, yeah, in the water before the race, um, because I was having GI symptoms leading into the race, and uh, I was trying to just whatever, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. Like we all do, especially for a world championship race. And 
did the race. I just couldn't keep anything down. I mean, I was having problems before the race as well. Right. And so it wasn't just the race. And so I was like, but no, I, you know, we're here. We're, you know, so committed. I'm such good fitness and, and everything. And then I finally ended up just pulling off when I saw my sister on the bike and I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I just, this is stupid. It's not smart. And I am in a dangerous place right now. Um, I, I didn't know this, but she said, uh, she told me yesterday, I, I apparently laid down on the pavement and I was like, Oh, this feels so cool. <laughs> so, um, probably not in the best place. Uh, so anyway, I was like, no, just take me back like to the house. And, um, they're like, no, you need to go to the med tent. You definitely need to go. And so they actually ended up, uh, and then I was dry heaving in the car and anyway, so, um, got to the med tent and they gave me at least two liters of fluid if not more so it was an exciting time and then two weeks later i tried to do malaysia with a parasite still <laughs> got hyponatremic and was in a hospital completely unconscious for 12 hours so yeah needless to say the end of 2019 was not my year the beginning was the end wasn't and then went to new zealand got sick on the way to new zealand in march which you know, I'm one of those few people who was on a start line of an Ironman right. in, in 2020, but then I was on that start line and I tried to do the race. I, um, we're actually, um, people who I talked to are like, yeah, you probably had COVID because oh, you were really sick. Oh yeah. I had fever for five days. I couldn't smell or taste. I had a cough that actually is still lingering with me. Um, so I like after exercise now, it's not like a constant right. one now, but um, yeah, so who knows what it was and I didn't get antibody tested. So who really knows, but tried to do that race as well, because you're already there, you're in fitness and you'd want to do a race and, um, ended up that like what's up was there, right. To do media coverage. And she saw me like weaving on the road. She's like, Jocelyn, are you, are you okay? Like mm -hmm. you really should probably just stop. And I turned to her and I said, Steph, and I like start bawling and I'm like, that will be three. And I just can't handle three, you know, Kona, Malaysia, New Zealand. I was like, I just, I cannot handle three. She's like, I know, I'm sorry, but it, it's just not safe, you know? Right. So yeah, it was, it's been a fun year. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's tough when you have like all these things, like a shitty end of 2019 being in 20. And then it's like, is there hasn't been. It's not like things have gotten better in the world since then, right? It's not like, oh, no. then you could turn it around. You've just kind of been waiting, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, VR racing. What are you talking about? It's like <laughs> so awesome, so redeeming. <laughs> oh, tell us, Jocelyn, how you feel about about virtual racing. <laughs> it it was a fun in between. Yeah. It was. Like, it was really fun to be able to like supplement with something you know and still like engage in the triathlon community in a virtual way and and things like that so i i am very grateful for both iron man and zwift uh for what they did and um and you know what yeah what they did to try to keep athletes motivated try to keep something out there like actually just yesterday we we're on the bus to go to the start of rim to rim to rim and i saw someone with an iron man vr uh visor oh, and i was okay. like oh my gosh uh, which ones did you do and she's like i've done like all of them but one <laughs> um just because like what else am i gonna do this summer oh, that that commitment that dedication but 
Um, yeah, like, so, I mean, and just like a whole bunch of like free things, right? Like, when do we get to like participate? I mean, obviously as pros, yes, but like age groupers to participate in all these like free virtual races and stuff. So I thought it was a great initiative for all, for all of them. Definitely not something to replace real person racing because it's right. so different. There's so many variables. There's news, new way of cheating and all of that. And so, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, so how have you been staying? I mean, I don't want to say how have you been staying motivated because if you haven't been motivated, that's okay too. What have you, how have you been getting through this year then? Like, what have you been doing? Um, I mean, yeah, like I'm here, right? Rim right. to rim to rim. Um, and then like in, in when everything first started, like we did have those virtual races that I was doing and it was a ton of fun to be able to participate in at the beginning of the summer, you know, April, May, June and, and then in June, I always do what I call epic ride, and I ride from my house to a national park. Uh-huh. And so, like, I had my sister and a, and a friend, a couple friends, two friends, uh, in town for that. And so we went and did that, and then did some virtual Everesting uh, records and stuff like that. Because why not? Like, when, what else? Like, I wanted to try to embrace the COVID, embrace the year of uncertainty, embrace the year of craziness as much as I could, right? There's always going to be bad days as well as good days. Um, Just I'm sure everyone out there has motivating days and unmotivating days. And so just trying to trying to find the things that motivated me to, you know, have fun training and stuff like that. And, and so, yeah, that's what I found. And, and honestly, like, I, I love training. I a hundred percent love training. And I think that's, that's what makes you a good pro, right. Or a good athlete, like, is that you have to love the in and out and the dirty grind, um, of all of this and not, not need the, the accolades per se to be able to make it worth it to you. Um, I mean, I, I guess there's some people such as I, or I don't know this, but just from what I've heard of Braden Curry, like he loves racing and that's just where his heart is. And that's where he has to be. And the training is like just a stopgap to get to the next race and stuff versus I, I love the training. I hundred percent love the racing because you get to see where your training is, but I also just love the training. And so it's just been, it's been just a fun, different change. It's also been fun to be able to like spend more time with my family. Like I was a hundred percent at home every single night for six months. <laughs> I don't know the last time that that happened for six months. Like, and so just to be together, um, for that long, like I just, this trip, that's just, uh, not even a week. It's like, Oh, I miss my family and my little buddy, like my daughter and, and stuff like that. And cause she just got, has gone back to school too. And so like, you know, we were all at home together for six months because <laughs> my husband's working from home. She wasn't at school and everything. So just having having that time to really just like build all of our relationships and and do different like little family adventures around Idaho. That's where we live and um, stuff like that. So lots of random things. Sorry, that was okay. a really long no. answer. <laughs> that's fine. It's been a really random year, you know, it yeah, happens. It's very random. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about like, okay, so your daughter's how old now? Seven, eight, something like that? Seven. Seven. Yeah, eight in April. So, so she, yeah. so, I mean, there's a, like, obviously now we're seeing a lot of pros having kids and like younger babies, but you basically have always 
you had your daughter before you even started triathlon, basically. So she's always known you doing triathlon. It's always been like a part of part of this, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, people always ask me like, like, how do you do it? Like as a mom, I'm like, well, I mean, when I first started, like I was an age grouper for the first year of her life, basically, and then I went pro, and it's just like you. You just involve your kids with, with it. And it's just been so fun to like, yeah, be a pro the whole time that she's been alive basically. Cause she, she, it's funny because like, if you asked her like, so, you know, what does your mom do? What does your dad do? What do moms do? What do dads do? She thinks all moms like swim, bike and run and like train all day. <laughs> and she thinks all dads like sit on a computer and do stuff. Like, yeah, I'm very skewed since the world, but that's fine. Um, but anyway, like when she was at home, um, doing homeschool and stuff like that, like she would do school in the morning and then right, really be done by like 11 or 12 because virtual school is virtual so um she would come out to the garage and dig ch- we have a trampoline on our garage um, and so she would tra- jump on the trampoline while I biked or ran or play on the treadmill or she loves it when I ride up Alta Zwift okay and I'll ride up and then she'll actually bike down Alta Zwift so like if you ever see me on and I'm doing like 0.5 watts per kilo <laughs> she's probably my daughter <laughs> Okay. Good to know. (laughs) But yeah. So, and then, you know, she loves riding her bike while I run and stuff like that. So it's just been, it's been fun to show her, like, you know, I know this is like cliche because it's Ironman, but like anything is possible, right? Like, I think it's been fun to just show her, like, these are your dreams. These are your goals and you can go chase them, like no matter what and, um, things like that. And so, I, that's something that I think that she has ingrained her in her, which has been a lot of fun. Um, she does gymnastics and every single time I drop her off at gymnastics, it's okay. Emmy, try your hardest, do your best, smile and have fun. Like those are like the goals that I want her to have in, in life and in athletics and stuff like that. And so it's funny because now when I go train, she tells me the exact same thing. (laughs) It's so cute. (laughs) She says, try your hardest, have fun. Yep. Do your best. Try your hardest. Have fun and smile. So. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You started triathlon kind of like right after you had her, right? Like, uh, I know your sister got you into it. I've talked to your sister a bunch. Uh, at like you did your first triathlon like 10, 12 weeks after you had your daughter. Yeah. Yeah, it, I did. And I like I made a shirt. And it was like, whatever, I can't even remember, 10, 12, whatever it was, like, I was like, uh, postpartum, like I, I did, I painted it on a shirt, because I was like, so proud of myself to be able to, to do that. And um, like, yeah, that was an adventure. I remember I had to go across the street and knock on the person's door to be able to like pump. Because I mean, when you're that postpartum, like you get full very fast, and that's not very comfortable. So just different things like that. That uh, and I actually put my uh, breast pump in transition just in case I wanted to, like in T two and stuff. If I was too full or whatever, but it worked out and was fun. And then yeah, just it was history after that. So I did my first Ironman when she was what thir- thirteen weeks old. So okay. yeah, something like that. I we I found a uh, we did a story about you back like 2014, when you were the Kona amateur world champion, we did a story about like nurse mom becomes amateur 
oh, champion yes. in your second iron it was like your second ironman ever was kona and you were the overall yeah. amateur yeah it's crazy it was and it, i and, yeah. in, in the story you where you said oh i didn't realize this was that big a deal <laughs> i did it <laughs> Well, I had just gotten into Iron Man, right? Like, it was my second Iron Man of my life. And the first one was in May that year. And then October, you know, right? So it, I like, I didn't sign up for Texas, which was my first Iron Man, um, until like December or January. It had like already sold out. And I had to do it through like endurance sports travel, I think it was called. Anyway, where you like buy a package, right. you buy like the hotel and every, you know, all of that. And then they give you the entry as well. Cause I was like, Oh no, I do want to do it. Okay. How do I get into it and stuff like that? And then, and then did the race. And I mean, going into the race, like the people I trained with were like, you know, if you qualify for Kona, are you going to go? I'm like, I'm not even considering qualifying for Kona. Like, what are you guys talking <laughs> is that, about? Is that going to be a problem? Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, like, well, no, I didn't think I was going to, right. like, I, like, I was like, what, what are you guys talking? I'm doing this for fun. I'm just doing this because it's fun to do a one and done. Right. Like we were talking about, earlier off air like you know everyone says one and done for iron man and and then it doesn't happen so and it, and it didn't happen but my training partners knew better than i did i just didn't know where my fitness was to every you know in, right. in perspective to everyone and stuff and so um yeah i yeah it was one my age group and stuff so um and then we, we had a very uh long conversation saturday night to decide if we were going to accept it or not. Like, cause it's not, you know, it is an individual thing, but it is not an individual decision to do Ironman racing right. um, or really triathlon. I mean, you know how much it involves and how much it affects the people around you, whether it be like the time that you're away, the grumpiness that you are <laughs> like level and different things like that. And so, um, yeah, it was a family decision and then, yeah, did Kona. And I mean, I just, I, my sister had done Kona before, but I hadn't ever, and she qualified there, um, in Texas that year as well. And so we went and, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand the circus that Kona was <laughs> until like bike check-in. And I was like, right. holy cow like this is ridiculous like it's a circus I didn't think it, yeah. yeah i, I think, think even if you know like even if you know you don't like know until you're like whoa this is this is a scene this is a lot of people yeah yeah media and like yeah just people caring about everything on your bike like <laughs> what do you have like what gary running i <laughs> so um this is typical me. Um, <laughs> I've gotten better, but I was in transition race morning. Um, so my husband came to the race, but he always comes to the race the day before the race, right? Well, he will never live this down, and he always says he'll never live this down, but he slept through his alarm on Friday morning. So he missed his flight, and he had to have a very specific flight because he was flying from Ohio to Texas to drop off my daughter with my parents. And then from Texas to Kona. And so because he missed his flight, he had to like get a very, very, you know, special rearranged flight <laughs> to be able to get there because it had to be still be through Texas in a long enough layover and all of that. So he got to Kona like, I don't know, it was 11 p.m. or midnight. I was like, have fun getting to the house. I'm not getting you. <laughs> and um, he was actually bringing stuff that I was putting on my bike. Oh, OK. And like nutrition like um 
holder thing for the back, uh, behind the saddle nutrition holder. So, so he had to bring that. So I'm in, I'm in transition race morning, like screwing this nutrition holder thing onto the back of my bike had like orange duct tape over my flat pack. So it wouldn't fall out. Like totally mismatched everything. Like, and there were the women next to me, like in my age group watching me, like just be like, Oh my gosh. And I don't remember who it was, but at the awards, uh, after like there was this the girl that was next to me in transition and she's like, When I saw you race morning, I did not think you had any clue what you were doing. <laughs> but apparently you did. I was like, I, I still don't, but <laughs> I think that actually I've had the exact same thing though, right? Where someone's like I was like throwing up before a race and like mismatched sweats and they're like, Is this your first one? And you're like, Nope. It's like my thirtieth. No. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the point now where I just don't care. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know any better. Yeah. But you ended up, I mean, obviously you ended up winning the amateur and then ultimately you decided to quit your job as a nurse and go pro. I'm imagining that that was a whole discussion too. Like, was your husband like, sure, go nuts? Or was it, you know, I mean, you quit a real job <laughs> as a nurse to be like, hey, I think I, I've done two triathlons. I think I'm going to go pro. <laughs> <laughs> now that you put it in that light <laughs> I didn't think about it like that oh, okay. <laughs> hey I'm kind of good at this what else are you going to be able to do this right like you're only young once so I'm not going to be able to go pro when I'm 50 no. like, <laughs> so why why not you know it was kind of my my thought um, and really my husband is very methodical in his thinking and and reasoning, which is great because I am not. So to have the the yin and yang, because I'm more passionate. I'm like, this is fun. This is awesome. My heart is here. Let's go. And um, he's like, well, you know, look, Jocelyn, you have work, you have family, you have church commitments, you have, you know, this training stuff you're doing, like, you know, you have all of these different aspects of your life, which is great. But they all take time. And right. so one of them have to, has to go. Like, it just has to because you're going to be stretched too thin with all of that. And so let's let's sit down, talk through budget and figure out what we can do, figure out what you want to do and figure out what's right for our family. Because the other thing that he said is he's like, because I was like, let's just try it for a year and see what happens. And um, he's like, this is this is not a year thing. I know you like this is. <laughs> You're going to be really good. You're going to love it. And you're going to want to try to excel even more. And this is just going to be like life for the next foreseeable future. I'm like, no, no, no. And, you know, this is like like my passion talking, right? Like, let's just do this for now because I'm passionate about it right now. And I don't want to have to think logically about the years down the road, you know, and he's like trying to be all methodical and logical and which is good. <laughs> but, but anyway, so yeah, so that was the whole Well, I mean, obviously longer than that, but that was the gist of the conversation right. of what do we want for our family culture? What do we want for our family values and our family um, in the long term of, of everything? And is this what we see as something feasible and reasonable for our family? So, and so, I mean, you quit, what made a big, what made a difference once you quit your job and we're like, all right, I'm going, I'm going to become a pro now. Right. Like what actually changed was it, did it like really help a lot right away? No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, and I remember quitting my job. Um, and my manager kept trying to talk me and do like PRN work or, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, 
no, I just, I, I, you know, because my husband was like, no, you're not doing PRN work. You're not doing, which is like, you know, like a once a week kind of mm-hmm. like deal for like, so like 12 hours a week kind of thing or, um, stuff like that. He's like, no, we're just, you just need to be done. Like we're going to, you need to cut one of these things out of your life. So, and so I was like, okay, so no, no. And she's like, um, is there money in that? <laughs> I was like, well, I sure hope so. Maybe eventually. <laughs> so, <laughs> um yeah but but anyway um so yeah my first year um my sister coached me and which was great but I also I think I needed to make the step into like someone who had coached professionals right and and stuff like that and um who had experience with that because I mean my sister coached me to Kona she got me to Kona as one and you know one at like Ironman athlete kind of person so um but after that like I mean, we increased my hours of training. I think I, I was averaging like 13 or 14 a week going into Kona, which sounds so tiny to me now. <laughs> like, how did I do that on that? But, um, you know, we're like, okay, we could probably like, you know, go all the way up to 20 on a hard week and stuff like that. And so it was mostly my hours that increased. Um, and then obviously like – traveling to races right. like I went to bigger races and I went to more races and and things like that too I mean y- you know how it is I think we all do like your first couple of races like like you said you were puking and in like mismatched uh, clothes and stuff like those are your first couple of races generally and <laughs> those were definitely my first couple of races of just not really understanding or knowing or you know things like that I look back um at those races they were such good um learning opportunities and stuff like that so um but live and learn and and move on and so I I think that I I hadn't also like fully in a way committed because, okay. you know, I, I think I had some doubts in me, mm-hmm. like, can I really do this? Like, is this really a thing? And is this really something that I'm capable of? And so with all of those things combined, like all of those different variables I just listed, like all of them led to probably like a okay first year, but not like a stellar first year. And so then I think I recommitted and I, you know, reevaluated and everything into my second year. And was like, you know, actually, I you do need to sometimes invest into your future in a way. And it's becoming a pro is like starting a business, right? Like, I mean, I think Cody Bills has done some really good posts about like his first couple of years mm-hmm. as a pro. Like, you're not going to make, sometimes you don't make money like the first year or two of a business. And, and that's okay. You're going to see the returns later on in your right. business um, and stuff like that. And so... Um, as long as you can maybe break even or, you know, somewhere around that, like, hopefully that would be the best idea. But, um, yeah, yeah. So I think it, it changed throughout, throughout time. Um, I have realized the level of commitment that becoming a world-class pro actually means and actually takes. Um, and so, yeah, like I didn't realize that I think the first year I just didn't realize the commitment level that it was, which sounds so stupid and crazy. You're a professional athlete. Of course it's commitment, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You say you like doubted yourself. A little, Cause I feel like what we, okay. So obviously you won your first pro race set in 2016. You were like top 10 at Kona 2017. And we were joking about last year almost being Daniela, but at Ironman Texas, you were beating her through what? Like mile 22 or something of the run 23. It was like pretty far. And I remember when yes. we all like 
Sarah was telling me, a friend of ours, I mean, you believed that you could beat her. You didn't like go out there and be like, well, Danielle's going to win. I think I can get second. You're like, no, I, I think I can beat her. So I feel like when I think of Jocelyn, I think of confidence. I don't, I think like you think you can win. Like it's fine. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. It's taken time. Yeah. You know, that, that is 2015 Jocelyn of first pro year versus 2019 Jocelyn, which doesn't sound like a ton of time, but it's. I think it's an epically long time in the terms of a triathlon career of thinking about the progression. And I I mean, yeah, uh, that, that you're able to, to do. And that's something that I have absolutely a hundred percent. Like, I think every pro has their like niche thing Mm -hmm. that they love or that they concentrate on. And, and like sports science, um, like sports psychology science, is something that I absolutely love. I've probably read every self-help book out there that okay. you know of and 100% every sports psychology book out there that you know of, probably multiple times. And so with all of that, like, I mean, a book is just a book. Knowledge is just knowledge unless you implement it, right? And it's taken the time to implement these things and then after implementing them, seeing the results of that. Like you go out and train for a week, you're not going to see the results next week, right? Right. You're going to see it down the line and you're going to see it after consistency. So it's the consistency of the mental training that I have done that has led to the, I can beat anyone in the world. Like (laughs) when I am on form, I can, I can put myself out there and, and at least believe that I can. And if you can't, like in my mind, there's some people who go out there and win a race and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't think I could do that. Like in my mind, that just like, that can't happen because you have <laughs> to have that belief. I, I know it sounds like funny because it does happen, but I'm like, it can't. Like, how did you not really think that you could win? Like really, like you had no belief that you could win and then you just did it. Like, but that's, that's one of my things is like, I think you have to have the belief there to have the vision, to be able to see it happen. And then you actually go make it happen. So yeah. Okay. No, that that is definitely me now. Yeah. It wasn't me then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now you believe that you could beat on a good day, right? Anybody yeah. in the world. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, obviously, probably not right now. Right the <laughs> second. No. <laughs> I wouldn't put the money on me right the second. I am depending. I, who knows where everyone else's fitness is, too. Well, like, true. You know, like, it's not like my fitness is horrible. Like, I've, I still have good fitness. It's just not um iron man 2020 fitness um and stuff so i don't know i mean who do you think has iron man 2020 fitness right now that would be weird i mean 2019 that's right yeah yeah. but that would be weird if people were like right i mean yeah yeah for sure and i think i i think there there were two different main counts i think like in the whole covid thing the first count to me was the I'm going to go out there and drill it and, you know, see the progress that I can make and just be a hundred percent on form, ready to go whenever there's a race. Right. And then I think there was the second cap of like, you know, I'm not saying more methodical thinking, but I think maybe, maybe reasoned out of, mm, you know, maybe this is actually going to be a while and there's not going to be races for a while. And it's probably not the best especially like for an elite level athlete where you have to have these peaks and troughs right, in your fitness right. to be able to see more peaks and troughs. And so um, to be able to cycle through that training and stuff. So maybe like, actually, maybe right now is a good time to have a trough. 
and then have a peak later and, you know, and go up and down and stuff. And so I, yeah, I think there've been two different camps of, of those. And I think I was probably in the first camp at the beginning of like fitness, 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 let's go. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, my coach and I talked and, you know, I think we're like, okay, you know, maybe it's time to just take a more, a base level training, um, to go and, and be able to build off of, you know, like if we have this six to eight week notice for a race, we can have a good build into the next race and be ready for it. But we don't need to be that that level of fitness for the whole summer. So Right. No, I mean, they're definitely not different camps. Or you could just get pregnant, as we keep kidding, joking around. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could. Yeah, which apparently there's more. So Apparently, that's the, that's the route a lot of people took. You were also trying to make a trash talking happened among the women's pro field at one point and i thought like it didn't really catch on like i feel like the women were not feeling that <laughs> some of them were some of them weren't i don't i don't know maybe i went about it in the wrong way i don't i don't know like i mean i think i think there's there's both to be had right like the uplifting positive like happy go lucky stuff and then the funny trash talking of like unseriousness like right. just having fun like uh, just I, I mean joking around with each other and um I don't know if you've seen on Twitter with the UK ladies especially Lucy Gossage no. like, they actually did some trash talk into those races that they had I don't even remember what they were called the, you know, like, like, the, the PTO, PTO ones supported. yeah 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 exactly there was some like awesome awesome like trash talking and stuff like that into those which was which was a lot of good fun and, and good nature to see and stuff. And, um, but yeah, it is, it is what it is. And I, I mean, I don't want to, uh, this is going to sound bad, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, my husband was like, I don't want you to be the starkey of the women's field. Fair <laughs> so, enough. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't want to be the starkey of the women's field, but like, I still think there's like funny, like trash talking, like, fun trash talking to be had um out there and, and funny joking and stuff to be had out there yeah, yeah. i mean i think it's still out there and I, there are some women who who do engage and stuff and then um yeah anyway yeah i mean it's just, i mean you and i have talked a lot like the women's feels a lot smaller and a lot of ways they like know it. everyone knows each other and it feels like a lot different and it's weird yeah yeah, yeah it is it is. And then I think, I think just honestly, I, I mean, I am of the opinion that men and women are different what? beings. And so because of that, we do have different tendencies. We do have different, um, like, yeah, just tendencies in general. I understand that like this is major generalizations and stuff, but, but still like, I mean, that's not, it's not as it's not as known for women to do that. We all want to be more positive and uplifting and, um, you know, motivating to each other, you know, things like that. And so there is the different images of what a man should be, what a woman right, should be. Right. And, I was about to say, like there's that. also like all the socialization stuff, which, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is what it is and, you know, how women are rewarded. And now we're going down like a totally different topic. Like when I, so guys, like, so I actually called Jocelyn on Friday and she was at the pool and she picked up from the pool and started talking to me about like why women aren't racing as much in the middle of like her lane line. So 
Because <laughs> why not? Why, why not? not? Yeah. Yeah. Why women aren't racing as much right now, which is a, a very interesting. Right. And my question. theory was that socially, we have put a lot of the burden of the crisis on women. Women are dropping out of the workforce at four times the rate. They're very tired. They have like a higher emotional burden right now. Like, I'm tired. I don't want to race. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, there's or they're all pregnant. That was the other theory. Yeah, that's the theory. Yeah, they're <laughs> definitely, definitely both. I mean, yeah. And then, honestly, I think um, something else that Daniela, da- Danielle Dingman, not Daniela, sorry, Danielle Dingman, um, who trains in Boise, is a pro and stuff, um, uh, said what was interesting was like, you know, sometimes maybe it's like the men have to race right. because of the money or sponsorships engagements, whereas the women might have the flexibility, might, I'm not mm-hmm. saying they do, but might have more of a flexibility to not be the sole income earner of the family or be the main income earner of the family. And so because of that, there's, there's, there's flex in, in all of that. I mean, as there has been actually in, in my, me and my husband's relationship financially as well, there's definitely been flexes, you know, in that throughout the years of, of being a pro and stuff and him starting a business and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It is, it is really, really weird. And I'm excited to see the PTO championship and just mm-hmm. see, you know, who turns up there. So are you going to like race that. the, I mean, we've mentioned this every time and I always feel like I have to explain to people the PTO, the pro triathlon organization is putting out a ch- big championship race, which is going to become the de facto world championship this year. Cause there isn't one in Florida, in Daytona in December. And they just announced last week that there's going to be 40 men, 40, and then they're going to do wild card slots. So 40, top 40 men, top 40 women, and then like wild cards. Are you, so do you have a spot or are you waiting to see? No, I have a spot. I'm like okay. 18th or something like oh, that. Okay. So I, I have a spot, but um, it's on Sunday and I don't race or train on Sundays. Right. Okay. I was going to ask you about that in a second, but we got there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to be there. I okay. already turned down my slot. So, okay. um, uh, which they say will roll down throughout the field. So um, yeah, so it'll roll down to, you know, 41 and then go from there. And I'm sure there's going to be other people who can't race. Someone told me that, uh, Reef posted that she's, she's just recovering from an injury or something. So she's probably not going to race and, um, stuff like that. So we'll see who can show up, who can't. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, I mean, and then people who, you know, like my sister was just saying, like people in Australia, they have to pay $3,000 to yeah, quarantine to, yeah. to get back. Like you have to weigh that out. Is that really worth it? And um, same with same with New Zealand. I don't know if it's three thousand, but it's some you know some odd that you have to pay to um, be in a quarantine facility for two weeks. And so it's like, what's what's going to actually come down to it to be worth it versus not, and and things like that. So I mean, a super awesome initiative. Super sad to miss it, but I'm excited to see it play out and stuff. And I've I hope that I can go down and do something with the race, mm-hmm. um, just not on Sunday, <laughs> and uh, help it on you know on the ground whatever they need help with. Because um, I'm in America, so I can. Right, <laughs> so. right, yeah. No, the Australians like that was part of the problem with like some of these European like the Australians basically can't leave. Like it's kind of, or they can't get back in. Then like it's, a, it's super crazy and very complicated. Many of us have heard of supplementing our training with CoQ10 for energy and recovery. Well, MitoQ is a unique form of CoQ10 specially engineered to get inside the mitochondria to help create cellular energy and neutralize free radicals. It helps improve recovery, immunity, digestion, sleep, and stress, all of which will help you train better and be healthier. 
To learn more about the unique formula of MitoQ, independent clinical trials, and athlete testimonials, visit www.mitoq.com. That's M-I-T-O-Q.com. But let's talk about, I mean, this is the thing everyone kind of knows about you. You don't race on Sundays. And like, that's pretty universal. Like, you haven't done 70.3 Worlds ever because the women's race has been on Sunday. Like, that's just, you don't race on Sundays. How did you make that decision? Why is that important? Um, I mean, the church is like a pretty big thing in your life, right? Yes. 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 (laughs) Slightly. You know, that was one of my my things that uh, was in my list of... uh, my dimensions to myself. So, (laughs) um, yeah, yeah, it is a huge thing in my life and it's something that's super important to me. And I really all started with a short story here. Um, in high school, I ran cross country and track and field and I would train on Sundays. Actually, I would go and do my long run on Sundays and I called it my rest and relaxation and being one with nature and just being able to be out there and really enjoy it. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. I went to a Brigham Young University, BYU. Um, it's my church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, it's their church, their university. And I went to a cross-country camp there between my junior and senior year of high school. And and no one there ran on Sundays. The team didn't. And, you know, the coach was like, I, he was coach of the year like two times um, recently in that time um, uh, of the, of, you know, NCAA uh, cross country coach of the year. And he has been asked, you know, what makes your team so good? Like, why is your team so good? And he said, honestly, it's because we don't train or race on Sundays. And it's not just even religion. It's to have a full day of rest of, you know, you're not thinking about cross country or running. You're not, you know, having to do that. You're having a full day of just, you know, cutting that out of your life, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. I think, so vital and important in so many ways. Um, and then obviously, because of, our beliefs, you know, I think, I think whatever your beliefs are, what, you know, what, whatever they are, you know, these are my beliefs, but whatever they are, I think you are blessed in many ways when you live out your convictions of your life. And when you fully um, embrace whatever those convictions are, whatever they may be. And this is one of my convictions in life now, um, because you know, in the commandments, they say, you know, keep the Sabbath day holy, rest from your labors and stuff like that. Um, and you will be blessed. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever, I'll try this out. This is what the coach said. This is, you know, what scriptures say, you know, things like that. So I tried it out my senior year. I was able to drop, I think it was 36 seconds off of my two mile time. I was able to get a full ride to the college of my choice and, um, athletic scholarship. Um, to be able to go do that. And so because of the major blessings that that brought into my life, I feel as though it was like Heavenly Father and God God saying in a way like, I will bless you um, because you're living out these convictions. And so I don't feel as though I could ever change that or I would kind of be turning my back on God. Um, And as a Christian person, like, you know, that's not something that I would want to do. And so, yeah, it's just been a major, it's been a major belief and part of my life just because of the blessings that I have seen come from it. But then I mean, also just from, you know, being coached by a couple of different coaches and 
throughout the years and stuff, they have all absolutely loved it. They're like, I wish more of my athletes would do this. And some of them have implemented it in <laughs> more of the athletes with major kickback from their athletes saying, I don't need this like and stuff. But it's just been, yeah, it's been really wonderful. And I think triathlon in general, um, I mean, especially Ironman long distance triathlon takes over a lot of your life um, for, you know, um, for the most part, there's so many so many aspects to your life that you're just a triathlete 24 seven. And so to be able to have that one day instead of 24 seven be 24 six, um, is absolutely <laughs> wonderful to have that just like out of my life night, not having to worry about it. I mean, my daughter always is so excited for the weekend because Saturday is the day that daddy doesn't work. <laughs> and Sunday is the day that we're able to be a family, you know, it's like in her mind, like, it's like the day that we don't have anything. We have no work. We have, you know, we have church, but like, other than that, we get just get to like play games and just be a family and do whatever we feel like, you know, um, and make memories on that day and stuff. And so to be able to have one of those days every week to look forward to. And when you're in a hard training cycle, that's also like so glorious. <laughs> I just have to get to Sunday. I just have to get to Sunday. <laughs> so. Right. No, that's true. Does it ever, I mean, do you ever feel like it causes issues in triathlon? I mean, obviously there are races you just don't do. Um, I know there's also been topics sometimes where like there's been champagne on the podium, right? And I think like one race had non-champagne for you, right? Like a separate drink for yes. you. Yes. Yeah, New Zealand. Then they know me so well now that, like, I think they always have it in reserve, you know, just in case she's on the podium. I have like the non-alcoholic champagne for me, and they actually did that at Texas for me as well. Um, they had non-alcoholic champagne for me, so I think that maybe every race that I'm in now, they're like, okay, we gotta go get, <laughs> we gotta have it just on standby because the. Um, the first race that I did, they had like fizzy water that they, they, cause I told them, I was like, I'm sorry, I won't do the champagne celebration and stuff. I, cause I don't drink alcohol and stuff. So they, um, they gave me like fizzy water to spray, which okay. wasn't quite as fun as like a bubbly water, <laughs> uh, champagne, non-alcoholic champagne, but still fun. And so other than that, like, I mean, I don't know, like, I, I think that you can see limitations in what you want to see okay. um, limitations in. And I choose to try to see the positives and the blessings instead of the limitations of my life. Um, Cause I mean, that's something I, I did an interview with my coach Bevan um, and stuff. And, you know, he was like, you know, you know, how hard is that? Like it, it probably, there's so much drawback and, you know, how hard is it not to train a race on Sundays and have, you know, these other things that you do. And I was like, you know, you can, you really can, you can see it as like, this is so hard, or you can see it as this is my life and change from that, you know? Um, I mean, I think there's things that we just accept as part of life and move on. And because it's part of my life, I accept it versus, I mean, someone else looking in from the outside, they're like, holy cow, that should, that would probably right. be so hard because, you know, they don't do that, but it's, yeah, it's just part of my life. So I, thought, yeah. I think, I mean, to a degree, obviously, religion and sports are often very intertwined, but there aren't that many very religious, tr like pro triathletes. Like, I just don't I, like it doesn't it's not like a thing that comes up that often. Right. So do you ever feel like kind of the odd one out? Like, I don't I don't know. Like the Tim Tebow? The Tim right, Tebow triathlon. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could be. Um, <laughs> um no, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know, because like, 
I don't see it as something different. I think everyone, like I said, I think everyone has different beliefs and convictions of their mm-hmm. lives, right? And these are my beliefs and convictions. And you, you know, you have these other beliefs and convictions. And it's just, I mean, it's just like everything. Everyone's different in different ways. And, and so, you know, you can see the differences or you can see the similarities between people, uh, which I think has been a big issue in politics right now. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. But um, I mean, yeah, it's true. So, I really think about it. Yeah, I guess I if people yeah. told me like, oh, this mom, the super religious mom from Idaho, like I would be like, I'm not going to get along with her. But actually, like we get along with her. Like you're it's like actually Jocelyn's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not... Yeah. And I mean, just just because I am religious doesn't mean like I don't have like a personality or I don't like to have fun or I don't like have spunk or feistiness or, you know, things like that. Like, I think, you know, like people have, um, yeah, other views of different of different things that they have this one generalization. Right. We talked about generalizations mm-hmm. earlier and it's not um yeah, not all religious people are stuffy and, you know, stuffed up noses and, you know, whatever, <laughs> and boring, you know, whatever else uh, generalizations are. But yeah, like, I mean, I have friends in the triathlete community. I, I think there are definitely a lot more um, religious triathletes out there than people realize. Mm-hmm. And I only say that because I am one. And right. so... I get messages from people of, like whenever I post something slightly religious, like of just thank you so much for standing up for your convictions. And thank you so much for being example of someone who like, so I don't feel like I have to be like a closet Christian kind of thing. Um, and things like that, that you, you can be outspoken, um, in your own, own way of just living your life of your own convictions. And, and stuff. And so I, I mean, there are definitely other people. I mean, I don't know if you follow uh, Matt Russell, but he has posted definitely some, you know, it's not every week or every month even, but you know, like just like because of his crash in Kona, like, you know, just, I'm so blessed that, that God gave me the second chance to be able to do the stuff that I love to be able to have my family and, you know, things like that. And so he's definitely posted, you know, religious, more religious things and, I'm sure has gotten plenty of follows and unfollows from that. So it's just yeah, well, what everyone wants to see. So his story is crazy. Yeah. His story is completely insane. So that is insane. I'm so <laughs> grateful. I, yeah. Oh, <laughs> haven't had to deal with going through a window and having your neck, like never had to do that. Yeah. yeah my husband and sister were standing there and saw it happen. Oh, and, yeah. uh, so, yeah, I can't imagine having me out on the race course standing and just seeing that happen. Speaking of, we got back far later from rim to rim to rim than we thought we were going to. And my poor husband was terrified when I called him. Uh, he's like, I had so many things going through my head of what could have gone wrong. So, yeah, I felt bad. But <laughs> you get one of those, you know, those uh, the sensors now that like send an alert if you crash on like your bike helmet and stuff, but they're like a little too sensitive. So if you stop too hard, it like sends an alert. I've had friends whose parents then like, I didn't hear from you after I got an alert for hours. So, you know, we all cause worry with everyone. It's a problem. We do, which is good because it means you're loved. So, (laughs) All right, Jocelyn, what else are you, what else you have planned for this year, for next year? Are you just like waiting to see how it goes? Are you 
going to do another rim to rim to rim to rim? <laughs> no, never, no. <laughs> never, never again. <laughs> and I, well, like this weekend, we're taking a random trip out to see my sister and visit her because her birthday is in October and it's sometimes been on Kona. Right. And so her birthday has been overshadowed by Kona like every single year. So it's so fun. This year, we're, we're actually, me and my other sister, we're going to go out and surprise her. Just like randomly surprise her. She's going to go on a bike ride and we're going to run into her on her bike ride. So I'm super excited about that. You're like, well, like, hopefully, like, she doesn't hear this before it happens. Uh, Well, when are you putting this out? Next week. Yeah, yeah. This is this weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're good. She does listen to every single podcast that I do. So that would be an issue. But <laughs> not an issue if it's next week. So yeah, just that. And then I'm um, just keep training, keep having fun. I'm um, doing random adventures of whatever. I think I'm going to need a break in this in the winter to go to break, meaning like a winter break going to south somewhere in Texas or Mexico or something from the winter because I usually get one and I'm definitely probably really not going to get a triathlon race break during that time so um yeah something like that but other than that I mean like I said Dayton is off the table so maybe go help with that but mm -hmm. other than that um Ironman Florida is a still possibility um if it happens I've heard it's like a 50 50 chance so I'm not I'm, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed but not necessarily think that it's happening for sure so um yeah other than that, just uh, wait until next year, Ironman Texas. <laughs> <laughs> wait until next year, Ironman Texas. Okay. All right. So we usually finish with a would you rather. Here's my question for you. Since you said you like training so much, would you rather just keep training forever and there are no more races or no more training, but there are races. You can have all the races you want. Oh, well, all the races I want, I can do some of them as training races. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do a cop out on that one. You're going to be like, well, I wish for more wishes. Uh-huh. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. No, I do. I do absolutely love racing. So I would probably have to choose more races. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, don't think I could just, I, well, I could, I mean, there's been plenty of times that I've just trained, but still like the racing is the, is I always say like every race is to me is like it, it, I have given myself this present of fitness through all of my training and I get to open up my present of fitness on race day. So it's like Christmas morning on race day every single time. So I might as well help choose Christmas morning multiple <laughs> times than just the building up and buying the presents for Christmas. Right. So. There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for chatting with us, Jocelyn. And, you know, good luck with everything. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Thanks to Jocelyn for chatting from her hotel room post-Grand Canyon, and to our staff and editor, and to all of you. Keep training, keep believing, and keep listening.